This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hey everybody, welcome to my series on Seneca's writings, and in today's episode I'm going to be focusing on verses 7 to 9 of epistle number 5 on the philosopher's mean, and uh, in this section of the letter he's actually just rounding off the letter and he's he's kind of deviated from the uh, original topic of the letter in order to to give some extra value at the end uh, like he often does. And so he gives us a quote that he found to be useful and interesting, and then he expands on that quote. So I guess what we're doing here is we're expanding on Seneca, expanding on a quote. So let's uh, get straight into it. He says, I wish to share with you today's prophet also. I find in the writings of our Hikato that the limiting of desires helps also to cure fears. He says, cease to hope, and you will also cease to fear. But how, you might reply, can things so different go side by side? In this way, my dear Lucilius, though they do seem at variance, they are really united. Just as the same chain fastens the prisoner to the soldier who guards him, so hope and fear, dissimilar as they are, keep step together. Fear follows hope. I am not surprised that they proceed in this way. Each alike belongs to a mind that is in suspense a mind that is fretted by looking forward to the future. But the chief cause of both these ills is that we do not adapt ourselves to the present, but send our thoughts a long way ahead. And so foresight, the noblest blessing of the human race, becomes perverted. So I'm going to pause there because I want to wrestle with these ideas uh, before we move on to the next little passage. Uh, you know, because I, I'm the kind of person who... You know, I, I do generally have a sense of hope for the future, and I feel like I, I do have the attitude of, you know, I'm looking forward to the future in some way uh, most of the time. Uh, and so for me to hear something like, uh, you know, maybe we should avoid hope, it's something that doesn't make sense to me on a personal level, you might say. And even the fact that I grew up as a, as a Christian, you know, hope was one of the virtues uh, looking forward to the future, looking forward to better things. And I do think that there's utility in that. But I also think that there's a lot of value in what Seneca's trying to say here, which is that fear and hope are both doing the same thing. They're both looking forward into the future and imagining that something will or will not happen. And you're essentially setting up a story in your mind whereby you will be either happy or unhappy in the future based on whether or not these things that you either fear or hope come to fruition, right? And that's an interesting game that we always play as human beings, right? We always play this, you know, I think it's easier for us to recognize this in the place of fear because we do this all the time, right? You you look forward to the future and you make up this story about some crazy thing that's going to happen or some crazy thing that somebody's going to say to you or going to do to you. And most of the time it never happens. But uh, what, what we do, right, is we make up those stories. And then in the time leading up to that moment, we are governed by the emotions that come as a result of making up those stories about the future, 
right? And so you see this, you see this both ways. You definitely see people who have had these great fears, you know, and it really like the fears take over their life of, oh, this is going to happen and that's going to happen all the time. You know, they might be anxious or, or stressed out about something that is going to happen in the future. And, and, and you see that it, it doesn't often go exactly how they thought it would go in their mind. Uh, and, Perhaps even they attract those sorts of things by by constantly worrying about them, right? That's a whole different discussion. But you also see people who have been overcome by this kind of sense of positive emotion about the future, like things should go this way, and I'm I'm hoping that they will go exactly how I want them to go. And then when they inevitably don't go exactly how they wanted it to go, it's crushing to those people. And so you see it both ways. And so Seneca would have said, listen, what we need to do is to essentially realign ourselves with the present and to engage in foresight, which is is kind of the the safe version of fear and hope. It's it's just looking forward to the future without any sort of reservations or expectations about what will happen, but to, to look at what could possibly happen. And then to imagine how we could show up in the best possible way or face those potentialities when they happen, if they happen, right? And so foresight is is almost like the soldier practicing the skill of warfare before he gets to the battle, right? And not having expectations about what will or won't happen, but just making sure that he's prepared for, for whatever could happen. And I think that there's an interesting analogy to be found in chess that can help us to uh, better understand what Seneca is trying to teach us in in this passage right now. I've been playing chess for a long time with my dad, but I've been recently playing a lot of games with my wife because she's also become interested in it and we've been having so much fun, but we were reading this book recently about about best techniques for chess playing and uh, one of the things that it said was that a lot of people, and I have done this so much as I've played chess in the past, a lot of people try to look many, many moves ahead and try to make plans, uh, you know, based on how they think the game will go. But a lot of professional players don't actually do this because it's kind of pointless, right? Because the chances that you're going to be able to foresee, you know, the 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 next five, six, seven moves of your opponent, it, it, it's almost impossible. And every every time somebody moves a piece, you've got a completely new board where you need to focus on how you can react best in this moment. And if you've been making up this plan for how you were going to move, then that can actually get in the way of you reacting uh, in the most effective way to what's actually happening in that moment, right? And when I actually read that, I thought, damn, that's brilliant. Why am I not doing that? Why am I ever, you know, thinking too far ahead in this game? Why don't I just simply focus on one thing? What is the best move to do in this moment? In this moment in the game with this board, with the pieces as they are. And that's essentially what Seneca's trying to say here, right? It's, it's like you use a little bit of foresight, but at the end of the day, you don't know what's going to happen in the future, good or bad, right? So to engage in fear or hope is to go too many steps ahead and it's not going to be useful for you. So what you really want to do is to become really highly skilled at reacting in the best possible way and the most effective way to this moment and to the cards that you've been dealt right now. And 
I think that that is a stellar idea to think about and to 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 imagine how it could help you in your life if you do engage in too much hope or fear. If you are constantly looking to the future and thinking this is how it should go and this is how it, this is how it's going to happen. You know, think of that analogy in chess. Come back to right now what's happening in my life and how can I move forward effectively with the hand that I've been dealt or with the pieces as they are. Now, I will admit that this doesn't actually tell the whole story because, you know, what we do know about humans is that when they set goals or when they, you know, imagine things that could happen in the future and they kind of set their mind to it, sometimes they get what they want. You know, sometimes people hope and they actually get what it is that they were hoping for. And sometimes people have fears and those things do happen. And so I don't think that really there's anything wrong with a little bit of hope or a little bit of fear. Uh, You know, I even think about the example of doing performances on stage. It's helpful to have a little bit of fear inside of you that, you know, you might mess up because what that's telling you is that, hey, you've got to be on your game. You know, you've got to be ready for this performance, right? And I think that the way that you can kind of reconcile this is is by saying, look, you don't want to have, you, you don't want to completely believe your fear and you don't want to completely believe your hope. If you have hope for the future, then you want to figure out how you can be doing stuff in the present in order to bring that hope into fruition, right? And if you've got a fear in, uh, of the future, you want to be doing stuff in the present that's going to be mitigating yourself against any risks of if that fear actually happens, right? And so it's about, again, bringing it back to this moment. And something that I often tell my clients is that if you're going to be setting a really big goal for your life, uh, you want it to kind of be something that's a little bit beyond your reach, right? Obviously, you want it to be beyond your reach because if if it wasn't, then it's not a goal. It's just something that you can do right now. Uh, but you want it to be a little bit uncomfortable, right? So maybe it's going to happen, maybe not. Uh, and, and that's going to keep you on your game. You know, it's going to keep you motivated to figure out how you can get towards this goal. However, once you've got that big outlandish goal set in place, that's kind of your ideal. That's your vision of the future. But you don't want to focus on that. You want to focus on the very simple things that you can do every day that are going to get you closer. Again, you want to bring it back to the present and say, what can I do right now that will increase the chances of this thing that I would like to happen happening, right? And so, so really, it, it, it's about setting the goal that's going to excite you enough to pull you forward, that's got enough things that could go wrong, right, that is going to keep you on your game, and that has enough things that you can do right now to get closer to it that will mean that you at least have a path forward and there are things that you can do in this moment right now and start focusing on, you know, what you can actually, what you can actually control. But anyway, I'd like to just continue with what Seneca was saying here, because uh, he finishes the letter by comparing us to animals in a really interesting way that makes a lot of sense uh, and was very wise beyond his time. So Seneca says the following, Beasts avoid the dangers which they see, and when they have escaped them, are free from care. But we torment ourselves over that which is to come as well as over that which is past. Many of our blessings bring bane to us, for memory recalls the tortures of fear while foresight anticipates them. The present alone can make no man wretched. So there's this great book 
called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, and it's by Robert Sapolsky. And what he essentially breaks down in this book is the reason why a zebra might not get an ulcer, right? Which is because as soon as the threat is gone, they just go on living their life, right? But humans, on the other hand, you know, we are a completely different case. We just torture ourselves constantly with the fear of things that could come or the memory of things that have already happened. And we're always in this state of anxiety about, you know, what has happened or what will happen. And that's what Seneca's saying here is, you know, how do we get back to a place where we can react to this moment and to not torture ourselves, uh, you know, about our fears of the, the future or our, our, our bad memories of the past? And he says something very interesting here, which is that memory recalls the tortures of fear while foresight anticipates them. And that's a really interesting insight as well, right? Because what do we do? You know, we set up with with fear. What we do is we, we set up this story about what will happen in the future that will be bad for us, right? And then in this moment, before it's even had a chance to happen, we are living out the pain of having that happen to us. And Seneca's saying, you know, we need to put an end to this, right? It, it's, it's not helpful to us to be constantly living in this state of anxiety over things that haven't yet happened. And so, I'm, I'm going to leave it there because I think that, uh, you know, that's enough to kind of expand on what he's saying, but just very interesting ideas that, are, that I want you to meditate on in your own life. How much time do you spend in, in fear or anxiety or in, in yearning for things that haven't yet happened or haven't had the chance to happen and that may never happen? right? Foresight is the key that Seneca is giving us here, which is anticipating what might happen so that in the moment that it does happen or doesn't happen, we'll be able to act efficiently and and in, in an honorable way. And uh, I think that that's all very valuable stuff for us to consider uh, in our lives. So anyway, I'll talk to you next time, but I hope you enjoyed this episode.